footsteps of Jesus. Sometimes we don't know what steps he's going to lead us in, do we? And uh, I'm certain that we've all had, at times, uh, maybe a desire to do a particular thing, go a particular way, meet with someone, and we got delayed. We got, uh, got something came in our way, and we had to do something else. Didn't keep our desire from wanting to do that away from us. But if we, if we know the Lord, we know that God has uh, a purpose in the interruptions in our life. And that's kind of what I want you to get out of tonight's message as we look at Paul's delays in Romans chapter number 15. Uh, we, we have uh, uh, seen that uh, Paul did have a desire to go after years of desiring and hoping to visit the saints in Rome. We see that Paul offers an explanation here in these verses for his not having been to Rome up to this point in his ministry. Earlier in this epistle, we, we read where Paul was expressing his sincere desire to visit the Roman church. Now, you don't have to turn back there, but let me just read it to you in Romans chapter 1. And verse number 9 says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making requests, if by any means, now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Now, there's a lot involved in those verses there. I mean, it was, he wanted to go if it was God's will. And uh, I appreciate that of the Apostle Paul. If it wasn't God's will, he didn't want any part of it. And that's the way we ought to live our lives. But he, he said, um, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. That is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And he says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that was hindered. He said, That I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. So he, he expressed the desire early. We see him expressing the desire again here in chapter number 15, and uh, Paul wrote this epistle to them from Corinth, and Corinth was some 600 miles southeast of Rome as the crow flies. Now he admitted to having preached the gospel as far as Illyricum. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Illyricum, okay, in chapter 15, verse number 9, notice uh, um, chapter 15, verse number 19, I'm sorry. Chapter 15, verse 19, uh, he says, uh, uh, that Through mighty signs, wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about uh, unto Iliacrum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So he talks about uh, the expanse of the, the, uh, where, where his preaching took him. Now, Iliacrum was just across the Adriatic Sea from Italy, but it was still some 400 miles from Rome. Uh, so he's riding 600 miles from Rome. He had been as close as 400 miles from them. Now, 400 miles in that day is a lot different than 400 miles in our day. Uh, I don't know how much you got to travel tomorrow there, uh, brother, but I know it's a long trip. 
But uh, can you imagine in Paul's day trying to go 400 miles or 600 miles, something like that? So it's a, it was uh, difficult back then, especially when we had seaways involved in a lot of that travel that was uh, involved. But, but rather than heading up on up to Rome from uh, Iliacrum, uh, he turned around and headed in the opposite direction back to Jerusalem. We're going to read about that here in just a minute. And from all appearances, it seemed as though Paul might never reach Rome. And some may have wondered if he really even wanted to go to Rome. Now he assured them he did want to go. Uh, and here in these verses, Paul explains his absence when it appeared that he might could have visited them with a maybe putting forth a little more effort. But uh, actually, Paul was uh, had different priorities here. One may wonder why this explanation, or the way some might call it an excuse, is even preserved here in the text of the New Testament. How can this possibly be of value to us in our day and time? Well, in most cases, an ancient excuse might not be of value to those of a much later day, but Paul's excuse has great value. In fact, we find that his explanation for not having visited and his future plans to visit are come across very instructive. We can see we can learn a lot tonight. We'll take time to take a look at these verses. And here we see that Paul revealed his priorities for living out his life and the basis of his plans for future ministry. And Paul informed his readers of how he determined on a practical daily basis the will of God for his life. And you know, we need to be mindful of what is the will of God for my life? What is the will of God for me this day? You know, what does God want me to do today? Paul's explanation of the reasons for his delayed arrival, uh, his past ministry, and his future plans are here in Romans 15, verses 14 through 33 that we're going to deal with tonight. I'm not going to read them all up front. We'll read sections of them and deal with them one point at a time. But they provide an excellent illustration of how God's will becomes evident as our minds are conformed to the mind and will of God. And as we live our lives in accordance with God's gifts, and callings in our life. Now, some may view these words as just an excuse, uh, but they are included in the Scriptures for our edification. Amen. And we're going to see here, let me give you up front what we're going to be taking a look at. In verses 14 through 16, we're going to see Paul give his reasons for writing the Romans. And in verses 17 through 21, Paul gives his reasons for his absence from Rome. And then in verses 22 through 29, we'll see Paul's reasons for another delay. I mean, he's wanting to come, but he says, I've got one more thing to do, and I've got to get this done. There was a priority that needed to take, take place. And then verses 30 through 33, we see Paul's request for prayer. So let's begin tonight, verses 14 through 16. Let's read these, and when we see Paul's reasons for writing the Romans. Verse 14. He says, And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to, to me of God, that I should be the minister of 
of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Now we dealt with verse 14 last week, but it, it, it really the context of it is in context of verse 14, 15, and 16 together. And we see it has to do with his reasons for writing the book of Romans. Compliments, we know, are not handed out by Paul without a good reason. Paul is quick to compliment folks that are, are a blessing in his life. And then all of his epistles contain a number of compliments, uh, and, but also a number of instances with strong words of admonition and rebuke. And Paul informs his Roman readers here in verse 14 that his reason for writing this epistle is not because of their immaturity. These were not immature believers, okay? Uh, or, and he, he didn't write them to correct any serious doctrinal deficiency that they had like he did the Corinthian church. And this is, not, this is a totally different scenario of writing than he did when he wrote uh, there to the Corinthians. Uh, according to Paul, these saints scored well in three specific areas uh, of strength. And we saw these uh, uh, as we finished up last week. First of all, they were full of goodness. And this seems to speak of their disposition toward God and toward men. And then second, they were filled with all knowledge, he says. Uh, doctrinally speaking, they had been well taught with no glaring deficiencies in their biblical or theological knowledge. These people knew uh, the things that they needed to know. And third, they were able, they because of their their uh, goodness and their knowledge, they were able to admonish one another. In fact, uh, it was the Roman believers' goodness and knowledge that did qualify them to be able to admonish one another. And in order to be able to admonish others requires that one be filled with goodness and with knowledge. Now, the question arises, why did Paul write this epistle to them? After all, it's possible that the, 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 this is uh, the most extensive systematic exposition of doctrine in all the Bible. I'll, I'll go that far. There's a lot of doctrine that we've covered in our journey through the book of Romans. Might I suggest that he did not write this epistle to inform them as much as he did to remind them? It's just like, I, this is not the first time that I've preached through Romans. I preached through it early on when I was back in the, my early days as pastor here some uh, 15 years ago. Uh, I, I preached through it one time back then and um, uh, we, we, we sometimes we need to go over things to be reminded. And that's what he's saying here. He said, you know, I'm writing, writing to, rem to remind you of these things. And listen, the old, old story needs to be, be retold. It doesn't need to be replaced with something new. There's some folks, uh, and I've even known preachers who are looking for something new to, to, to come preach. We don't, I don't go looking for something new. Okay, I, I just want to preach what's there. Amen. And if we preach what's there, we're going to have a tough enough time trying to remember what's there rather than trying to look for something that's, that's not there. And that's usually what he would come up with, something wasn't, wasn't there. He was, uh, was kind of making it up. Anyway, I, I, I try not to do that. I just try to go by what the text says. Now, um, we know that this old, old story needs to be retold, not replaced. And that's something that Peter 
Now, in our morning sermon, we, we, uh, in the passage that we're dealing with, 2 Peter chapter number 1, uh, Peter says as much in what he covers later on. We've not reached this far, but in, in uh, 2 Peter 1, verse 12 through 15, listen to what he says. He says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, talking about his body, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle. In other words, he knew he was getting close to, be, to, to dying. He says, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me, moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. He wanted them to have it in remembrance, so he, he wrote them down. And we have the book of Second Peter, the epistle of Second Peter. Uh, Peter wrote shorter letters than, than uh, Paul did. You know, the book of, Rome, uh, book of Romans is actually a letter. It's an epistle. That is one long letter. A amen? I mean, it, 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 we know it's a long letter. And uh, so uh, uh, the great danger for believers is similar to that of professional athletes. Think about this. Uh, you know, professional athletes can focus so much on the fine points while forgetting the fundamentals that they lose, they lose uh, grip on the game. Uh, most games are won or lost because teams execute or fail to execute the fundamentals of the game they are playing. And when you look and uh, it can be a, it's a disaster whenever they they don't remember the fundamentals. Um, and you're watching a game, you can get so frustrated with them because uh, if it's your team, you're pulling full four and they can't stay in formation uh, they, they're uh, being called for uh, illegal motion all the time because they, they, somebody went off the count uh, it, it's just very frustrating well listen we as believers need to make sure that uh, we uh, we are executing uh, the things that we need to execute rightly and uh, we not uh, uh, not focus we need to focus on the fundamentals and not so much on the fine points uh, uh, and it's the same, uh, that same way with our faith. These, uh, the great dangers for believers is to lose our focus on the fundamentals and begin to pay too much attention to those finer points. In other words, uh, in the words of our Lord, and let me, let me quote him. In Matthew 23, 24, he said, you know, we may strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, um, Paul wrote the Romans this epistle to remind these growing believers of the fundamentals of their faith. And there's little new in Romans, but all of it is vital. All of it's vital. And his motivation was to carry out his God-given mission and calling as an apostle to the Gentiles, Rome being one of the Gentile churches, and uh, in fact, uh, hold your place there real quick and I'll flip back to Acts chapter number 26. Acts 26, and let's be reminded of Paul's calling uh, that he uh, declares here uh, before King Agrippa. Um, look at uh, Acts 26 in verse number 15. <clears throat> Acts 26 and verse number 15, he says, And I said, Who art thou, Lord? He's recalling what happened on the Damascus road. And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. 
And here's what the Lord told him. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles to whom now I send thee. Do you get that? He's sending him to the Gentiles to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So that, that's, that was Paul's purpose that the, the Lord called him for. And he was mindful all during his uh, ministry of the purpose for which he had been called by Christ. And that's, you know, we ought to be mindful of our calling. Paul uh, in Romans 1 5, he says, By whom we have received grace and apostleship, talking about himself, so for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name's sake. You know, Paul perceived his calling to be a very broad one, and he was not just called to evangelize among the Gentiles, but his words indicate that he was called to bring about the obedience to the faith among all nations. Now, Paul sensed the responsibility to to all Gentiles, even those that he had not seen before and those he had not personally led to Christ. And that's a responsibility to minister in such a way as to encourage. He wanted to be an encourager uh, and facilitate an obedience which stems from faith. He wanted them to believe on the Lord, but he wanted them, he wanted to encourage them further in their faith to grow in their walk. Like we're talking about on Sunday mornings, we're talking about adding to our faith. He wanted them to add to their faith and, uh, and be obedient to the Lord and grow in their faith, which is precisely what he did by writing this epistle to the Roman saints. He challenged them to uh, the obedience that stems from faith. Now, the imagery there that we find back in our text in verse number 16 is most interesting. Look at verse 16, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Now, he speaks of himself kind of like a, a priest who is offering a sacrifice to God, and that's the sacrifice of the Gentiles. Paul's desire and motivation was to present the Gentile believers uh, at Rome to God as a sacrifice which is acceptable to God. And uh, through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit and his ministry, whether from a distance by this epistle or in person, was directed toward the edification and sanctification of the church to the glory of God. Whether, it was, whether he was ever going to make it to Rome or not, he was wanting to be involved in their edification, and he did that through this epistle. Now, let's take a look at the second section of Scripture, verses 17 through 21 there in our text, Romans 15, verse 17, and we see Paul's reasons for his absence from Rome. Notice verse 17, he said, I have therefore... Uh, whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs 
and wonders by the, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem round about unto Illyricum, uh, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And yes, I did practice that Illyricum, and I still can't get it right, okay? So uh, you just have to forgive me of that, and we move on. Verse, verse 20. Yea, so I have preached, uh, I strive to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named. Notice that lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom, he, uh, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they, shall, uh, they, they that have not heard shall understand. So, as we, we, as we said before, after years of hoping to see Paul, some of the Roman saints were uh, beginning to wonder if Paul was ever going to show up. You know, and they thought maybe Paul's got a problem with us. Maybe, uh, or maybe he's got a problem with the gospel. And then we, we covered all that when we were in chapter number one. Uh, the different scenarios there that might take place. But, so in verses 17 through 21, Paul demonstrated that it was his commitment to his calling and ministry that kept him from Rome. That his priorities kept him from actually going to Rome. Um, since his ministry was uh, his defense, Paul found it necessary to describe his ministry here in verses 17 through 19. Paul pointed to the success of his ministry. He's not boasting of his own accomplishment, but he's giving glory to God, how, how God has used him in different areas. And, and God's hand of blessing that was, when you look at his ministry and God's hand of blessing was evident in the Apostle Paul's ministry. I mean, nobody can deny that. Some use their ministry as an excuse for avoiding other obligations. But Paul pointed out to, to the hand of God in his ministry to show that he was acting in the will and the power of God. Now, Paul's ministry among the Gentiles bore the evidences of God's blessing and power. Um, his success was the result of God's working through him. And so as he went about proclaiming the gospel, the, the Holy Spirit bore witness uh, to God's presence and power by signs and miracles, which is the way uh, it was during the time of the apostles. Understand, they didn't have the fullness of the word of God. How were they to know that the apostle Paul had received these messages from God? It was through the, the signs and wonders, signs and miracles that he performed. Paul's ministry was that of an apostle. He took the gospel to places where the name of Christ had never been heard. And, you know, they never heard of Christ. They never heard no Bible. They never, you know, here he's taking the gospel to them and these apostolic signs and wonders that accompanied his preaching were proof to the pagans that Paul's message was one to be taken seriously because it was very obvious that the power of God was upon his life. Amen? Uh, we, we know that. And these signs and wonders were God's accreditation of Paul as an apostle. But we don't need signs and wonders today. Okay? Uh, the, the, the apostles had that. We've got the fullness of the scripture. All we need is what thus saith the Lord. We need we, the, 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 the word of God is our final authority. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And now in the last part of verse 19, Paul indicated his belief that his task was nearly finished. 
he, he says that from Jerusalem unto Illyricum, uh, he had fully preached the gospel of Christ, meaning that he had fulfilled his task as an apostle, he felt like. His task as an apostle was to lay a foundation. His, his mission was to preach Christ and to establish churches in crucial locations so that the gospel could be proclaimed by believers from those churches. He would, he would establish them, build them up in the faith, and then uh, they would duplicate themselves. Now, his desire was to preach the gospel where it had not been heard before. Well, Rome had already heard the gospel. They're, they're not a church that Paul established. Okay, they were some. They were established by someone else, and uh, it was not uh, Paul's foundation. Uh, if he went there, he would be laying. A, he would be la- uh, building upon another person's foundation that put there, that there. His desire was to preach the gospel where it had not been heard, and he 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 declares that he did not wish to build on the foundation of another. There in verse number twenty. And so the church at Rome already had a good foundation laid. Uh, there was no, no problem with the foundation that had been laid there. And if Paul found the words of Isaiah 52.15, Isaiah 52.15, descriptive of his calling, and that's what he quotes in verse 21. But He says, but as it is written, and if you look there in the margin there, if you see the cross-reference, it's Isaiah 52.15, to whom he uh, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they shall they that have not heard shall understand. They're talking about the Gentiles. The Gentiles were going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus during uh, the uh, ministry of the gospel during the days of the book of Acts. And that, that's what he's speaking of. Now, uh, this explains why a visit to Rome was not high on his list of priorities. Okay? He's not... He didn't, Rome didn't need a foundation laid, and his ministry was to go lay foundations and establish churches. This was already an established church. His calling as an apostle to lay those foundations where the gospel had, had not yet been proclaimed, and to go to Rome would have been going where the foundation was already laid. And Paul was too busy laying foundations from Jerusalem to Iliacrim to go to Rome up to this time. Okay? So what's your excuse now? Okay, big boy. So why aren't you coming now? Uh, he was finally considering a visit to Rome and his plans for future ministry as described in the next verses. But we see in the next verses, in verses 22 through 29, we see Paul's reason for yet another delay. And I'm sure you, know, you can hear some sighs in the, in the Roman congregation when this part was being read from the epistle. Uh, he's going to delay again. Verse 22, look at verse 22. Uh, verse 22 concludes Paul's excuse of verses 17 through 21, by the way, and it introduces his next topics of his plans for the future. Let's look at uh, verse 22. It says, for, for which cause I also I have been much hindered from coming to you. He's been busy doing what God called him to do. Okay. Been busy laying foundations, starting churches uh, where churches have not been established. Verse 23. But now, having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. For I trust to see you in my journey 
and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto uh, the saints. He says here, and uh, uh, for it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I have performed this, and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come uh, by you into Spain. And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. So Paul's reason for yet another delay here. Uh, the good news of this paragraph was Paul uh, was planning to visit Rome. The bad news is that there's yet another delay. Paul had been hindered from visiting Rome, hindered by his calling and his ministry. His delay was not accidental, but it was purposeful according to God's purposes. And we need to make sure that we're living our lives the way the Apostle Paul did, according to the purposes of God. And let him uh, make our uh, priorities. Now, given his principles and priorities as an apostle, he was still poised to go somewhere with uh, that the gospel had not proclaimed, been proclaimed yet, and that was Spain. He, he still was yet to go to Spain, but he was going to go to Spain. But before he set out for Spain, he had one final task that he had to accomplish, <clears throat> and this task would take him back to Jerusalem, and from there he would set out for Spain. So, now, now listen, Paul would have, have to travel another 2,000 miles or so, with, with the type of travel that he had during his day, he's going to have to, have to travel another 2,000 miles or so before he ever reached Rome when he could have gone directly to Rome for some 600 miles away from where he was riding. But this mission to Jerusalem <clears throat> had a high priority. And he wanted them to understand that. He didn't set the priority. Okay, <clears throat> uh, The church in Jerusalem which was made up of mostly Jews, by the way, was in dire straits because of persecution. The gospel had required that the Jews in Jerusalem proclaim the good news to the Gentiles in distant places. Remember when the church first began and the power of the Holy Spirit came, you shall be witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and uttermost parts of the world. Well, it came out of Jerusalem, amen. That's where, that's where it began. And, and those in that first church made it their priority to, to do and fulfill what God had given them to do. The church, um, though, was in dire straits. And uh, the Gentiles now were wanting to show their gratitude and love. Uh, and they had collected love offerings to minister to the hurting Jewish saints in Jerusalem. Uh, Paul was taking offerings from the Gentile churches. We can read about this in the Corinthians uh, where he was collecting those uh, offerings there. And uh, he was taking them from the Gentile churches to, back to help those saints. 
Only when this task was completed would Paul feel free to press on to Rome and ultimately to Spain. He was going to use Rome as a stopping off place, maybe to rest a little bit and get to know them a little bit and then move on, move on from there. Because you're going to have to along the way as you're traveling 2,000 miles, you've got to have some stopping places along the way. Amen. Uh, I, we have to have some stopping places along the way even with our travel the way we travel today. I, you can't imagine the way that they traveled then that you had to have some spot, stopping places. But uh, we see Paul's request for prayer next in verse 30 through 33. Um, uh, look at verse 30. Now he says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. Okay, It's, it's for Jesus' sake. And for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may be with you, and may with you be refreshed. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So let's wrap this up. Paul's priorities are, are seen not only in his previous ministry, but in his plans for the future here, uh, uh, as well as in his prayer request. I mean, he's asking them to pray for the will of God to be accomplished here, uh, along with his benediction. Now, Paul requested, first of all, that these saints pray for him, that he might be delivered from them who do not believe in Judea. Verse 31, okay? Think about it. Paul used to be on that side against believers. The, the, the hunter has become the hunted now, okay? And the danger ahead, though, did not deter Paul. He knew there was danger. It didn't deter him from pressing on to Jerusalem. He had a, he had a, uh, a ministry to fulfill, <clears throat> but it did prompt him to ask the Roman saints to pray for him. Now, Paul asked the saints in Rome to pray that his service to the saints in Jerusalem might be accepted of the saints. There in verse 31, you say, well, that's, that seems kind of odd. Why would he pray such a thing? You know, some folks have a hard time receiving help from others. Hmm? Yeah, even in the church. There's a lot of times when the, I find out through the grapevine somebody's got a need and uh, they haven't mentioned it, they haven't put it down for a prayer request, but I, uh, somehow the, the Lord allows me to find out that they've got that need. That, and we know that the Gentiles had gladly given to minister to the Jewish saints but would the Jews gladly receive these gifts? I mean, these are Jews. These are Gentiles that gave the gift. And it's kind of like uh, um, maybe a matter of pride. That's why pride is so dangerous, isn't it? it I mean, the, these Gentiles are trying to minister to the Jews. They're trying to be a, a, the arm of God, the hand of God for them. And Paul asked that these Jews would gladly receive these gifts that were freely given. They were free will offering given to them. Now, Paul asked for prayer that uh, also with joy by the will of God, he would come to Rome 
and be refreshed in their fellowship, according to verse 32 there. Now, we know that God answered their prayers. Paul was delivered from the unbelieving Jews. He was able to deliver the offering and arrive safely in Rome, thanks to his arrest. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. He made it to Rome. He didn't make it the way that he thought he was going to make it. Uh, you ever... You ever had something that you planned on you uh, take place in a, in a way that you didn't plan on it taking place? Well, that's, that's where Paul was at. Uh, thanks to his arrest and the Roman government, he got a free trip to Rome. <laughs> Verses, uh, and you can read about that in Acts, Acts chapter 20 through 28. We're not going to take time to read eight chapters, nine chapters tonight, but uh, you'll thank me for that. But then we see an appropriate benediction is pronounced by Paul there in verse 33. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Um, some of these folks have kind of been stirred up a little bit about Paul not coming to see them. And this, uh, this letter just kind of reminded them <clears throat> Paul still hadn't been here yet. He's wanting them to have peace in that. Uh, pray, y'all pray for me. And, and pray that God will allow me to do this. And they did. And the Apostle Paul eventually was, uh, eventually was there. And some of them were able to, to minister to Paul in his last days. Okay? As he was uh, awaiting uh, his turn before uh, his execution. And so we, we see Paul's delays and we can understand maybe somewhat of our delays at times. Yeah. Sometimes things don't happen at the, at the speed that we'd like for them to happen. Um, we, we could name all kinds of different things that maybe happened this past year and took long, longer than what you expected or what we expected. And, and, um, uh, but the thing is, is, do we have God's priorities? Okay. Is it God's priorities or are we, are we talking about our priorities? Let's be concerned about what the Lord would have for us. And when, when the delays come, um, let's, uh, let's look to Him and, and get Him to, to, to let us uh, know the, the, what, how we need to be in the delays that come our way. Amen. Let's pray.